Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, corner to the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio today as we get closer and closer to another game day of action Saturday. Christmas Eve night, 515, right here on Raider Nation Radio. You can hear the Steelers and the Raiders. I got to give a big shout out to my guy, Big Deuce. He sent me a tweet, said, that's hilarious about your wife with the chicken, rice, and beans. My wife would cook that every night if I didn't know how to cook. I, too, will be having that for Christmas dinner, LOL. And, yeah, I'll tell you right now, man, if it was up to the wife, she would cook that every – and it actually kind of is up to her. But if it was, you know, if she had her way, she would cook it every single night. Or at least we'd have it every single night. She might not – she might get tired of cooking it, but we would have it every single night. So every once in a while, I got to I gotta overrule her and say, okay, look, we got to have something else, man. All right, I can only, I can only do this so much, but – uh, Big Deuce, thanks so much for the tweet, my man. I do appreciate you. We want to hear from you, Raider Nation. What concerns you the most about this upcoming game? What has your attention? The Raiders' run defense from last week is what has my attention. That's what I'm really concerned about because the Steelers are going to want to butter their bread by way of the ground game. So that, to me, if the, if Najee Harris goes off and has a you know 100, 150 yards rushing, Hell, he might not even need that much, depending on you know how how the elements shake out and if there's some turnovers or not. But you know, I I really feel like the Raiders need to you know keep him keep him below 100 yards rushing. I'm a, I'm gonna put it at below 100 yards. Josh Jacobs needs to go ahead and have 100 plus yards for the Raiders. But I think that the Raiders are gonna need to keep Najee Harris in check as much as possible. Let's put it like that. But uh, we've had some good calls about penalties, have calls about the the weather and and ball security. As far as turnovers go, you got to have that. So a lot of good stuff. But Rare Nation, we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, also 69187, keyword R&R. We did get the injury report from the Raiders for uh, today, Thursday, and we'll get uh, on Saturday we'll get an actual game status, If the, who's going to be active and who's going to be inactive. We do know, based off today's injury report, that cornerback Rocky Asin, who's been dealing with a knee injury, hasn't played in a couple games, will not play in this game. He is officially out, still dealing with a knee injury. Everybody else is questionable. Everyone else was limited in practice today. Uh, Alex Bars, Jackson Barton, Andrew Billings, Darian Butler, uh, Dylan Parham, and Zamir White were all limited in practice today. And Bars, Barton, Billings, Butler, Parham, and White are all questionable for Saturday's game. So we'll see who's out, who's not. And the Steelers have nobody uh, already listed as out. They have three guys listed as questionable, but they did have uh, a couple of guys that did not participate in practice today. Josh Jackson, the cornerback, dealing with the ankle injury. Also, uh, Cam Hayward still dealing with the uh, rest. He just has rest, so he's going to definitely play. No worries there. And then wide receiver George Pickens. This is an interesting one uh, with the illness. Wasn't listed on Tuesday or Wednesday. Did not participate today. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm fully expecting him to be ready to go on Saturday, but that's an interesting one because he can be a heck of a player if he can get the ball. So uh, there you go. There you go. There's the injury report from Thursday. Again, we'll find out 90 minutes before kickoff on Saturday who is in 
and who's out. Before we hear from Mac Hollins, let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's going on? Chilling, man, chilling. Man, no, that's right. <laughs> hey, Q, to, to, to answer your question, Q, what concerns me the most is those three guys on defense. It's playing in the Steelers. I like Minka. I like JJ. And that, that dude in the middle, Hayward, they're, they're nice. That's the only thing that's concerning me is them three cats and Najee running the ball. And, uh, and that effect with uh, rest in peace, Franco Harris, I was not, not even nowhere around earth when, uh, when that play happened. But it's all good. You know what? Better uh, Nation, we're going to get this. I don't know why. I just I have a good feeling about this game. And it's Christmas Eve. Hey, Q, for Mexicans, this is Christmas. We always celebrate on Christmas Eve and we wait till midnight to open them presents. But sometimes we didn't have no presents. We only unwrap the mallet. Hey, you guys have a good day, Q. Thank you for everything. Go, baby. Hey, Juan the Smasher is definitely my favorite caller, man. He's my favorite caller because he keeps it all the way 100. He keeps it all the way real at all times. And I can I can back him up with the wait until midnight and, and all that on Christmas Eve because I'll tell you, man, when me and the wife first got together and all of a sudden it was, it was uh, you know, Christmas time, oh, we got to go to Granny's house on Christmas Eve. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And we get there at like 6, 6 o'clock in the evening and we're up, we're up all damn night waiting until midnight just so everyone can open their presents just so we can bounce. I'm like, man, and so by then, like, look, I get there at 6. What am I going to do? I'm watching TV and I'm drinking, right? I mean, that's, that's your options, right? You're sitting around BSing, you're drinking, and you're, and you're watching whatever sports are on. So by midnight, by the time the kids open up their gifts and everyone's all having a good time, hell, I don't even want to leave now, right? I've been drinking for so many hours, like, I don't want to go anywhere. So then I'm stuck. So I already know. I already know what Juan the Smash is talking about, man. My man didn't have to go there, though. He said unwrapped tamales. That was funny. That was hilarious. So, Juan, thank you so much for that call, my man. And he said, I don't know why, but they're going to win. I just got that feeling. He sound like my mom. Mama Q will say something like that. She'll text me and be like, they're going to win this game. She'll ask me what I think, and I'll give her my professional thoughts and everything. She's like, well, I think they're going to win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there it is. Can't beat a feeling. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Look, she was right. She told me that on, uh, on Sunday against the Patriots. And I was like, well, I told her, I said, the offense isn't doing very well. The, the offense needs to put something together. And she's like, oh, they're going to win. I was like, they're not going to win if they don't get in the end zone. Oh, they will. She won't tell me why. She won't tell me how. She won't tell me who. But she's like, oh, they will. She's just confident. She just got it. She just got it like that. So there you go. Can't go against Mama Q. Uh, let's get one more quick call in. Uh, Raider Nation, Braden, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to uh, Lincoln and Vinny and anyone who was on the line and Raider Nation. Uh, it's been a good Christmas for us, uh, beating the Chargers, beating the Patriots. I don't think there's two better teams that we could beat in the holiday season. And how you guys doing today? <laughs> we're fantastic, brother. <laughs> I'm sending, I'm sending nothing but Raider love, man. We're we're the Southern California Raider branch. We're from Temecula, and I have my uh, my uncle and my dad went to the Raider game uh, this last Sunday. Uh, and they went on the Black Hole bus with Gorilla Rilla and Wayne Mabry, and we got to meet. Uh, they got to meet Ken Shamrock, which he's a big. We're a big fan of his. We used to watch UFC and WWF all the time, and. Uh, he partied with my dad. My dad, uh, he couldn't believe that my dad knew all the history of the things he had done. Anyway, I just want to send some love, man, um, from, the, from the real diehard Southern California Raider Nation branch and say Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, going into the Steelers' uh, 50th anniversary with the Immaculate, we call it the Immaculate Deception, by the way, 
uh, going into that game. Uh, it's going to be hostile territory, but I, I have nothing but faith in my boys. I look at every single one of those guys on that team like they're family. Always have, always will. Uh, win, lose, or tie, Raiders till I die. I just wanted to call and say, send some love, man. Uh, you know, we've we've got to meet Jim Plunkett, Tom Flores, Lincoln Kennedy. We've got to meet uh, Fred Belitnikoff. My dad got to party with uh, all the boys, and it was. I just want to say one thing live on the radio. My dad was coming into Russell Road on in Las Vegas, and so is my uncle. My uncle's name is Gene. My dad's name is Gary. My name is Braden. I'm Raider Nation Braden. And they were coming into Russell Road, turning into the stadium, right as four buses of Patriot players were coming in. And nobody talked about this. It just happened. Every single one of the Raiders people that were on that bus were flipping off all the Patriot players coming into the stadium. And it was like a warm welcome. Welcome to Raider Nation and welcome to the Death Star, baby. And, uh, and I think, and I told my dad, I've never been so proud of him. I'm like, dad, you got to flip off Bill Belichick? I'm like, I love you, dad. You're my dad, dad. Anyway, just sit in love to you guys and uh, some real stories from the real diehard Raider Nation and, uh, I hope everybody out there has a good holiday season and just be happy to be alive. And there's nothing better than being a Raiders fan. That's all I got to say, brother. And uh, and send my love to Lincoln, man. That's our boy, man. He's he's our best friend, man. He came and partied at the tailgates in San Diego with us. And that's our guy, man. That's our dog. And uh, Merry Christmas to you guys, man. Thank you for having me on the radio show. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate you. Lincoln will be on at 4 o'clock, my man. Definitely appreciate the – the feedback, appreciate the love. Glad uh, Pops had a good time, man. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Thank you for the call. 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword r What concerns you the most about this upcoming game? What has your attention? That's the question that we're asking today on the show. We'll take a quick break, come back, get to Matt Collins in the Raiders locker room. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Radio Nation Radio. Ray Brewer, managing editor of Las Vegas Sun. He'll join us at 3.30, talk a little UNLV Rebels. Their signing class, they had seven under new coach Barry Odom on Wednesday. Also talk about a couple local kids that signed and are going to go play on the next level. Always get excited when the youth get an opportunity to go what they do what they want to do on the next level, take their talents, take their ability, and pay for their school with it. Like that's, I mean, if you think about it, that's awesome. Right, I mean, because we all know how expensive school is. So if by the by your ability to play football in this scenario, you're able to pay for your education, that is, I mean, that is a win, win, win right there. After that, after whatever happens after that, it's gravy. But just because of your ability to do what you do on the gridiron helps pay for your education or pays for your education, man, that is an absolute blessing. So we'll talk to Ray Brewer. Coming up at 3.30. Vinny Bonsignor, our tag team partner, who we'll hear from at 4.30, talking all things Raiders and Steelers as he's in Pittsburgh right now, had an opportunity to catch up with Mac Hollins in the Raiders locker room yesterday. Here's that conversation. Two big catches. He got a touchdown uh, reception as well. He said, look, Mac bet on himself, you know, that he wanted a bigger role. He thought he deserved a bigger role, and he's earned it. Um, was that the kind of the thinking coming here? And, and Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was really the reason that I came here. Uh, you know, talking to Josh and Zig, Ed, kind of when I came here, my biggest thing was I just want an opportunity to play. I, I don't want you to give me a job. I don't want you to say, "Hey, Mac, you're you're going to be our three receiver or four receiver or mm-hmm. anything." I, I want you to just give me an opportunity to play, and that's what they gave me—an opportunity to compete at, uh, in training camp. And uh, hopefully, I've made the most of it. 
Did you, when did you start feeling like, okay, um, this is feeling right? This is feeling like this is happening? I don't know if I ever felt like it's, it's, it's like, oh, I, I've arrived. I've right. arrived. Just never got that feeling before. I think it's always like a constant work. And then, you know, it, that's just how this league is. It's a constant competition. So like, the feel that you ever arrived, that's the moment you're probably on your last, last right. leg. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I ever, ever felt like, oh, all right, now I'm comfortable. I feel good. But I feel confident when I'm on the field. Right. Every time I'm out there, I feel like Derek trusts me and the guys trust me that, hey, Mac will do his job and take care of stuff when it comes his way. You play a position where you can do everything right on a, you know, play after play after play and maybe never get the ball, yep. you know, uh, but you're still doing what you're supposed yep. to do. How, is there a challenge to staying with it, you know, even though you might not get the ball because the next time it might be the type yeah. of Yeah, no, that's something that Josh emphasizes a lot is just being uh, good at the mundane. Right? You know, do the same thing over and over and over again. You know, 80, 80 play game or 80 snap game and might maybe two times out of that 80, you're the focal point of the play and it's like, but you don't know when them two are coming. So right. to just learn how to just consistently do it. But that's what makes somebody great. You look at Tay and like he's consistently just been able right. to be successful. He does the same thing over and over. Michael Jordan, Kobe, any like great player always says like, I just do the same thing over right. and over. There's not some secret to success. It's just that ability to, maybe I guess that is the secret to be able to do right. one day over and over and not get bored with it. Uh, from a personal uh, standpoint, how satisfying is it when the tips were down? You were a guy that Derek was looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I look back at the game, I wish I could have came up with the plays earlier and then we wouldn't, wouldn't have to be so stressed out. Um, but uh, I, I'm fortunate that, that he trusts me in, in those type of moments. Like, hey, I, I know Mac will make a play when it comes down to it. All right, there goes Mac Hollins in the Raiders locker room right there uh, with Vinny Bonsignor and Demon in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down. Uh, so there was some good stuff right there with Mac Hollins. And, uh, you know, Derek Carr obviously trusts him. He, he really does, uh, you know, trust Mac. And, and you see him getting the ball more times than not. You see him getting the targets more times than not. And it actually surprises me because D.C. is clearly really comfortable with him. And you know what? Derek Carr was actually asked about Mac Hollins and the fact that he has earned that trust yesterday when he met with the media. Here's what DC had to say about Mac. I'm very proud of him. Um, you know, he trusted, he bet on himself, he wanted a chance, and he worked really hard for it, and he got it. And he's, he's, uh, you know, hasn't been absolutely perfect. Um, no one, no one this year has, but, you know, he's made some really big plays. We've needed him, um, especially with all the injuries we had. Um, we've needed him in big moments. And I, I found someone I trust, you know, I found someone that, um, you know, we'll do the right thing, you know, more times than not and um, come down with the ball for me and all that stuff. So uh, I'm proud of him. I think he's got career highs and everything. And, you know, you, you know what that means to me, you know, having a guy come in and be able to help, you know, be a part of that with somebody that that means a lot to me because, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And so um, the the way he's been able to play for us has been awesome, not just special teams, but on offense and going to him in the most crucial down fourth and 10. You know, if we don't get it, it's over, you know. And we go right back to him, and he makes a great play for us, two in a row, actually. So he's someone that we have trust in, and I'm really proud of the work that he's put in. And if I told you when the season started that Mac Hollins through 14 games would have 51 catches, 628 yards, you'd probably th tell me I was lying. Four touchdowns, 85 targets. You'd probably tell me that I was lying. If I told you that he was the number two receiver as far as yardage goes, going into the season, not knowing that Darren Waller was going to get injured and Hunter Renfro was going to get injured, obviously that plays a major role. But Derek Carr is very comfortable with Mac Hollins. He does not throw the ball to guys that he's not comfortable with. 
Remember when Deshaun Jackson came into the Raiders last year? How long it took him to actually get comfortable to even throw in the ball? And he still, I don't think he ever really got fully comfortable and fully trusted Deshaun Jackson. You heard him right there say, I trust Mac Collins. That, you have to give Mac a lot of credit for that. I know that sometimes he's not where he's supposed to be. Sometimes he's not, you know, running the right route or whatever, and you see a little frustration here or there. And even Josh Jacobs has said before that, you know, on that walk-off touchdown run that he had in Seattle, like Mac wasn't, he didn't know where he was supposed to be lined up. So he said, just line up anywhere. You know, just line up anywhere. I'm, I'm about to get the ball run. And that's what he did and took it to the house. But you got to give Mac a lot of credit, man, for a guy that just all he wanted was an opportunity. He is absolutely making the most of his opportunity. Again, 628 yards on the season, four TDs on 51 receptions through 14 games. That's not too bad for a guy who we all anticipated was going to be, oh, maybe he'll be the number four receiver. <laughs> right? I mean, that's really what we're looking at. They're like number three, number four receiver, if you're counting Darren Waller. As a receiver. So that that's, uh, you know, I got to give him a lot of credit for that and definitely appreciate Vinny Bonsignor catching up with uh, Matt Collins in the Raiders locker room. Now, we've talked a lot about the cold weather and the fact that it's going to be it's going to be tough, man. The elements are going to be tough there in Pittsburgh, but it's going to be tough for both teams. So here's Derek Carr talking about the preparation for the cold weather on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's any time I've ever gone into one of these games, usually if it's you know rain or stuff like that, you can prepare. But just cold is like you know, 90% of it's mentality, you know, or probably more, you know, you just set your mind because you know, you know, they're playing it, you're playing in it, you, at the end of the day, you have to execute at a high level. And so for us, it's all about the execution of the football plays and, you know, trying to win the football game, no matter, you know, whether it's inside, outside, whatever that is. There you go, Derek Carr. And I mean, it, again, both teams have to play in it. So yeah, I know that Pittsburgh, they play in it more often than the Raiders do, but it's going to be cold for them, just like it's going to be cold for the Raiders. So you know, there, there's going to be ball security questions from the Steelers. There'll be ball security questions from the Raiders. So as much as I've made an emphasis about the, the cold and how I think it's going to impact the game as far as the game plan goes and uh, if it's going to be a heavy, heavy dose of the run game or if it's going to be, you know, business as usual, it's going to have to be that for both teams. So, I mean, that's the, that's the one good thing. It's not like it's an unfair advantage for one team. It's just less than ideal. Let's put it like that. And, of course, the Raiders – they, they're, they're, they're having less than ideal moments at times throughout the course of the year. And more times than not, well, three, I won't say more times than not, three times so far this year, they found ways to overcome crazy in-game situations and find ways to win, including what they did on Sunday when Chandler Jones comes up with the ball and takes it to the, to the house. And you heard Derek Carr talking about Mac Hollins catching the ball on fourth and ten. If he doesn't catch the ball, the game's over. You know, of course, Keelan Cole had that touchdown catch in the end zone. That was you know, that was one of those. You got to have that. If you don't have that, then the Chandler Jones moment never happens. So here's Derek Carr talking about handling crazy in-game moments. Yeah, honestly, like over the years, like, you know, the perfect example is, you know, last game, you know, we didn't execute on that four minute when it was four minutes left. And, you know, we're like, well, the defense got to get the ball back. You know, not sitting there stressing out or anything like that. We get the ball back, you know, you know, with a certain amount of, you know, no timeouts, one timeout, whatever. And, you know, the situation, it's, you know, it's, the next play you got to execute the next play and that's as a football player in practice it's that way whether it goes good or bad just execute the next one you know that we'll talk about that one later you know the one you just did so I think you just get so caught up in a routine of of how football goes that you know it's been nine years I've almost played a decade of football you know in the NFL and so many close games and all that kind of stuff like at some point, it's just like, all right, well, whatever the situation is, I got to try my best. If there's eight seconds left, okay, I got to throw a Hail Mary or, you know, whatever it is. You just, you know, you just focus on your job at, at hand and you don't worry about anything else. Derek Carr talking about handling crazy in-game moments. And 
All the Raider Nation knows that the Raiders have plenty of crazy in-game moments. Just got a couple more sound bites. I want you to hear from Derek Carr, and then uh, we'll move along, and we'll get to Ray Brewer, managing editor of the Las Vegas Sun. We'll hear from Devontae Adams a little bit later on in the show. But we talked a lot about earlier this week, as a matter of fact, how similar the majority of the league is, right? I, I, I keep bringing up the point 20 out of 32 teams are 500 or below, right? And so there's more teams that are just kind of average as opposed to the teams that are really good. So here's Derek Carr talking about, you know, the margin of success in the NFL, the parity in the NFL, and just kind of what it looks like. Well, when you finish on the good side of it, you know, you're like, it's good, you know. Um, you know, whenever you lose the game, you're like, this sucks, you know. Um, but, you know, I've always thought that the NFL, you know, free agency, the draft, tra- you know, the way salary cap, everything set up is designed to make it as even and as fair as possible, to make it as close games and, um, I, I don't know the stats on it, but I would say that NFL games are probably so close, you know, compared to other sports, you know, uh, on average, you know, every, you know, it's almost every week, it's a two minute drive for somebody or a field goal at the end or something, you know? And so for us, you know, knowing that, you know, in the NFL, it's not like college where there's like six teams on your schedule, you know, you're going to win at least by 20, you know, it's not, it's not like that in the NFL. And so for us, um, you know, as professionals, that's why the off season matters. That's why OTAs and, um, you know, the work that goes in and, and the time that you have off, what are you doing during that time? You know, are you helping your team? Are you helping, you know, um, you know, be ready and condition? All, all those little things add up. And so that's why, you know, as, as you get years into the NFL, you focus on little things you can do to be better, you know, because you know how close games are and you focus on those things to, you know, try and help your team win the next season. And so um, it's exciting because, you know, uh, you know, doesn't matter what the records are. I've always said that. Never, the records never matter. It's pro football. It doesn't matter who's playing. When you go out there, you still got to play. Derek Carr talking about, you know, how much parity there is in the league. And uh, there's a lot of teams that are very similar, right? And I, that's why I kind of talk about the fact that I don't think it take, it's going to take a whole lot for this team to get where they need to be. You know, with them being 6-8 and eight as they are and the majority of the league being, again, 500 or less, I think you could be – I think it gives you an opportunity – to make a couple moves here and there and be better than than you are, you know, a year the year before. Think about this real quick. Then we'll take a break. The number forty four. Keep that, you know, just keep that in your memory. Forty four. That is the number of games in which a team overcame a deficit of at least ten points to win or tie this season. That is the most such games through week fifteen all time. That has happened forty four times this year, and we know. We know what's happened with the Raiders and teams that have come back on them to win games. Comebacks to victories have happened 44 times, which is an all-time record in the NFL. Week 15 marked the first time in NFL history that three teams came back to win after trailing by 17 or more points in a single week, something that the Raiders have given up, 17-point leads multiple times this year. Minnesota with the NFL record, 33-point comeback. Cincinnati, down 17, they came back. Jacksonville, down 17, they came back. First time in NFL history, it happened three times in a single weekend. And 44 times a team has come back to win after being down 10 points or more this season. 3.30 is the time. When we come back, Ray Brewer, managing editor of the Las Vegas Sun, will join the show. This is Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. 3.33 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. On the set roughness, my man Devon Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Question that we threw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. 
What concerns you the most about this upcoming game on Saturday? What has your attention? Again, hit us up, 69187, keyword RNR. Joining us now on the phone lines from the Las Vegas Sun, he's the managing editor, Ray Brewer. And, Ray, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And one thing I get excited about is when young men get the opportunity to take their talents to the next level and based off of their abilities get to also go to a heck of a university and get it paid for because of whatever they're excelling in. And obviously with National Signing Day being yesterday, we're talking about football. You were on hand at Bishop Gorman and not one, not two, not three, but 13 guys signed their National Letter of Intent yesterday. What was that event like? Well, Gorman is uh, first class in their signing day ceremony. Uh, of course, they've got a, uh, a college-esque training facility in the Fertitta um, complex, and they had this gigantic room set up with uh, just decorated to the nines, uh, football helmets. Uh, they did a highlight uh, package of the kids, uh, had their, their trophies all over. It was uh, it was not your typical high school ceremony where, you know, you get a fold-out table and some flowers <laughs> and, uh, and you go from there. So it was a, a big-time celebration, and rightfully so. 13 kids, uh, Division One kids going to USC, LSU, um, kids that genuinely have a chance to potentially play on Sunday. So it was pretty awesome to see. I have, have no doubt about it. Again, get excited about that. And, of course, Bishop Gorman is built differently, right? I mean, it's not like you said, you're just average high school where you get a fold-out table and a couple balloons. But when you see the expressions on the family's face when their their son signs that national letter of intent, what was that like just to see the family's reactions? Well, that's great. And, you know, now that I have kids realizing that their their college would be completely paid for, um, I could I could definitely uh, relate to the relief of knowing that you don't have to uh, come up with the thousands of dollars to get to college. But it's important to remember that, you know, parents are so important in the process of a child who's a high-level athlete with, you know, driving to games and practices and out of town and, and the investment. And it's just not, you know, for most kids, it's just not them that's getting the scholarship. It's it's their support system, and and Gorman's got a great support system with coaches and administrators. But the families really look out for each other, and and you see that at other schools as well. But it really does take a village to get a kid to the next level, and to see that all come together as a community for a celebration, it, it's it's really powerful because I I think the kids are genuinely happy for each other. I agree, one hundred percent. That's uh, that that's got to be a, a joy for all the kids that look around and see their their uh, you know fellow classmates, fellow teammates getting opportunities to do what they do on the next level. One guy that signed yesterday, and he's been on this show many times, Zachariah Branch. He's headed to USC. Uh, how good can this guy be on the next level? Because we know how dynamic he was on the high school level. Yeah. So Zachariah's first game in 2019 as a freshman for Gorman. I can't remember who they were playing, but it was a national opponent, and he returned a punt for a touchdown, and I interviewed him after the game. So it's, it's rare to kind of interview a freshman in their first game um, <laughs> after doing something, but you kind of knew that the kid was special because he's got that elite breakaway speed, also did track while growing up, and, you know, the sky's really the limit. If, if he could stay healthy and in that great offense of Lincoln Riley's over at USC, uh, the kid's got all the talent, um, but the speed is what really stands out. Zach Branch is very quick. Um, he's got great football smarts. 
Um, he's ahead of the pace, and he's going to enroll in January, so he'll take part in spring practice and be competing to get on the field right away for USC. Speed, breakaway speed, track speed. I mean, it sounds very similar to his Uncle Cliff, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds exactly like Cliff Branch, the Hall of Famer. And uh, Zachariah, of course, we're definitely going to be paying attention to him. Again, we're talking with Ray Brewer, the managing editor from the Las Vegas Sun here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, were there any theatrics involved? Because, you know, you see on signing day, you know, kids playing three-card Monty with which hat they're going to pick. So were there any, like, theatrics or people that went to pick the school that was, like, unexpected for them? Yeah, so the only theatrics was the kids were basically signing a blank sheet of paper because all these schools want to get your your national letter of intent in that fax machine mm-hmm. right at 7 o'clock. So yeah. if you're going to school... On the east, you're up at four something in the morning, getting it over there um, right at seven o'clock. Because I remember I was at Donnell Pumphrey signing day at Canyon Springs when he went to San Diego State. Eventually became the NCAA's all-time leading rusher, and his letter of intent didn't get there right away to San Diego State. And they were calling on the phone saying, "Hey, where is this this document? Is he is he flipping? Because if you don't get it right away, you worry that a kid." Is, is is balking or somebody's in his ear and he's going to flip. And so when you look at some of the high-end guys that, that we've seen sign, you know, LSU, USC, Arizona, if they don't get that paper right away, those coaches are pretty nervous. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. When I was in Central Texas, that happened with Devin DuVernay, who was supposed to go to Baylor, and he ended up going to UT, and now he plays for the Baltimore Ravens. But his fax never got to Baylor because their fax machine wasn't plugged in. So they never got it. They didn't get it. And then all of a sudden he ended up going to UT because of that. So, yeah, Ray, they want to get that fax over there immediately. Absolutely. And that's, you know, part of the – part of the. I could only imagine the drama in a college football complex waiting for your roster to kind of pan out. Because, yeah. you know, you, you've – you invest all this time. You look. You look at like an Arch Manning, mm-hmm. and you read some of the stories of how how Texas, like the coaches were constantly there, and the the high school coach in New Orleans was like, I'd walk into the weight room and flip the light on, and the coach was there from Texas. And just imagine the anticipation of of that one piece of paper coming through to say that this 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 athlete is coming to your college. And I know we've been talking about Gorman because you were at their signing day, but can you tell us about any other kids around the Valley who also signed some letters of intent or declared where they're going to school at? Yeah, so obviously Gorman um, had the most um, the most impact on signing day. There was a, a kid uh, from Arbor View who signed with Cal, and I can't remember off the top of my head, Zach, Alford, he, he went to he went to Cal Berkeley. Um, there was a, a local kid, Ed, Ed Haynes from um, Liberty, who signed with UNLV, a local recruit for for our, our Rebels um, at uh, uh, at Green Valley High. Nate Richter went to to Portland State, so we've kind of run the gamut with kids from uh, from various levels of college football. Coronado. Um, a, a kid went to Southern Utah, Davion, and so Las Vegas, what we've seen over the years, guys, is it's developed from an area that, like when Steven Jackson went from El Dorado to Oregon State, Las Vegas was lucky to get one athlete to Division One. Now here we are, one school's got 13, we're <laughs> regularly seeing 20 kids go to the next level. 
so Vegas is definitely a landing spot for uh, uh, for high school. I mean, for for high school recruiting. Yeah, no, it really is, and, and there's a lot of good local talent here. So uh, it's it's smart, smart for these guys to come here and recruit in the Las Vegas Vegas area. Again, we're talking with Ray Brewer from uh, the Las Vegas Sun here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned uh, Ed Haynes from uh, Liberty, and he signed, and he's going to UNLV. Coach Odom signed seven guys in the early signing period, and he's only been the coach for a couple weeks. So uh, how impressive is it that he was able to get seven guys signed, sealed, and delivered at least for this early signing period? So what's significant about uh, Coach Odom for me is he came in right away and and reached out to all the local high schools. Uh, There was a knock on the previous coaching staff that um, recruiting the area was a secondary priority for him. Um, And while some people debated that, you know, the, the, the truth was they just didn't sign any kids from Vegas. And right away, Odom's at not just the Gormans and the Liberties and the Desert Pines, which year after year is producing kind of those uh, those those blue chip division one guys. Coach Odom's been in person himself to Canyon Springs, to Green Valley High School, to, um, to to Faith Lutheran. So he and his staff is is touching all bases of the valley and and that is is massively significant because we've got some great guys here. Also Coach Odom's reached out to, to former players from the UNLV program and, and welcome them back. And I just, I've, I've been so impressed with with that and the staff that he's put together. You know, um, it's it, uh, to me, I've always said that this era of UNLV football is different than any other area because you've got the complex and the stadium that you're recruiting to, and no other coach has, has been able to do that. And that's raised the standards. The Mountain West is historically bad. And there's no reason why Las Vegas, the best city in that league that's home to major professional sports teams, has only gone to four total bowl games in their entire tenure. Mm. That has to be changed. Big-time investment in Coach Odom. I love what he's doing so far. Ray, you got me fired up, man. I'm <laughs> look out, look out. Here he comes. Hey, I should be a recruiter, bro. They got to get me going. So. <laughs> Yeah, I love what you're putting down about Coach Odom getting back out to the high schools. Now, I know that the five-star guys, the guys that are going to USC, the guys that are going to LSU, they're probably still going to go to those schools no matter who the coach is at UNLV. But do you think that Coach Odom maybe in the future, Bobby Petrino, let's say on the offensive side, he's got guys to the the pros, that they can convince those, maybe those three or four-star guys that, hey, UNLV is where you want to stay? Well, I mean, I would say, first of all, on the five-stars, you're right. A, a guy like Zach Branch isn't going to say no to USC. You know, there's there's a great tradition there, a uh, bigger market. But it's like, are you going to not ask the cute girl to go to the prom? Because if you don't ask, she's not going to say yes. And UNLV has a lot to offer. Um, great city, um, a ton of opportunities, uh, especially to get on the field early in your career, right? It's all about you know, proving yourself, getting good tape, getting good stats to market yourself to go to the NFL. And I think there's a tremendous opportunity here. With that said, if you're recruiting, you know, basically three-star and four-star kids that are are choosing between, say, UNLV and Colorado State or UNLV and UNR or UNLV and Fresno State, there's no way – that I'd want to spend four years of my life in Fresno, California, 
than UNLV. And somebody just needs to to lay that out there. Um, do you want to, you know, when you graduate from Fresno State, where are you going to get a job? And I think once you start selling what UNLV has to offer and what Las Vegas has to offer, people are going to want to come and play here. And I think Coach Odom is, is going to do that. Of, of course, you know, kids want to leave home for college. They want to be independent. They want to get on their own. Maybe UNLV is not located in the best part of Las Vegas. But I think that if you could get the message out there, and it only takes one kid to stay in Vegas to be that hometown hero, and then other kids are going to follow suit and want to do the same thing. And, and hopefully Coach Odom's listening. He gets the message. He could relay that message to people. I'm a local. I'm a UNLV grad. I think UNLV is a sleeping giant, and I think this guy might, might be the, the person to get UNLV to the finish line. I'll tell you what, Ray, that is – you hit it right on the head. It only takes one guy to stay home, and that'll start – that'll get the attention to someone else. And it, I promise you, as, as many places I've been and as much as I've covered recruiting on different levels, that's all it takes is one guy to stay home, and it'll catch the att- attention of the others, and then you'll get more than more than that to stay home. So good stuff, Ray. Uh, Las Vegas Sun, what do you have coming out that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Well, our all-state high school football team comes out Friday. I'm kind of putting the uh, nice. polishing that up right now. A lot of talent out there, not just in Las Vegas, a handful of kids in the Reno area, mm-hmm. and trying to make sure we get as many kids mentioned as possible. It's all about uh, showcasing uh, the, the, the kids in our town and our community, and that's that's what I love about Las Vegas Sun, man, is, is getting to be out there on Friday night uh, talking to the kids. And how much fun is it to have the state championship games played at Allegiant Stadium like they have the last couple of years? Hey, talk about a thrill not only for the kids who, who have this once-in-a-lifetime memory, but even for somebody like me to be on the field after the game talking to an athlete who's just won a state championship. There's just something special and meaningful for everybody. It's a, it's a true credit to the Raiders and Miles over there who does such a great job for mm-hmm. for opening the doors and Mr. Davis to allow allow the kids think about it small town Overton Nevada got to play there 2 years ago <laughs> um Truckee got to play there um you know and, and of course the state put through 850 million dollars to get the stadium built but uh what a big shot in the arm for 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 our community and our kids to to get to say they played in uh, Allegiant Stadium got the dress in the locker rooms at Allegiant Stadium. If you're five foot nine, hundred and pound offensive guard from Overton, that's something you're never going to forget, man. Ever, ever, you'll never forget that. You're as well said, Ray. Fantastic stuff, man. Thanks for the insight. We appreciate you. We'll be talking to you soon, man. Definitely want to keep in touch. All right, brother. Have a blessed day. Thank you. All right, you too. Great stuff right there. Ray Brewer, managing editor of Las Vegas Sun. You can find him on Twitter at RayBrewer21. And when I say great stuff, that was fantastic stuff. Uh, Many thanks to Ray for giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. 3.48 is the time. When we come back, got a bunch of texts to get to. Get some calls in as well at 702-365-9200 at 4 o'clock. We'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. What concerns you the most about Saturday's game? What has your attention? Holler at us, Raider Nation. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Ray Brewer, managing editing partner of the Las Vegas Sun. Fantastic job giving us a breakdown on all the cats that had the signings from around the local area. 
13 at Bishop Gorman. Talked a little bit about UNLV and Coach Odom, what he's got going on with the program. Really good stuff. Fun to catch up with Ray. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He'll join the show to talk about what he'll be looking for. And we'll pepper him with questions on how he thinks that the the game could be won or lost for the Silver and Black and uh, the kind of emotions that may go into this game as the Raiders travel to Pittsburgh. But that's coming up at 4 o'clock. Right now we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Happy holidays to you guys, man. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Hope you get everything you want. Uh, <laughs> and DeMond, I, I, Q, give me a little minute. Hey, DeMond, um, I like – UNLV, the way they're going, but I didn't like your, I didn't like your um, HC hire. Your, I mean, not the HC, but the uh, uh, the coordinator, offensive coordinator that you hired, Patino. He got too much baggage, man. I, I think that was a wrong call. I, I don't think he's going to last the whole season, but that's just me. I just wanted to throw that out um, uh, to Demond on on uh, UNLV. As far as the key to the game, uh, Q. I think the big, you know, I go back to because Trubisky is gonna run. He gonna run. I think it's gonna be, be. I think it's gonna be Pickett. Pickett's gonna be the quarterback. I don't think he's gonna pass. I don't think he's gonna clear that concussion. Okay. I mean, e- either way, both of them can run. Yeah. So the key is to keep them in the pocket and um, just pressure them because they they throw bad interception, especially um, Trubisky. He threw three last week, and it was whole. I mean, not the week before, and he threw two. Uh, uh, on Sunday against the Panthers, I think that's the key: is is keep keeping both of them in the pocket, uh, either one that start, um, and so that that's my key. Hey Q, um, you keep bringing up, and I guess you 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 saying that, and I heard this from Carr today in his press conference about you know the parity in the league. Uh, we, you know what? I don't really care about the parity in the league. All I care is about my team. I don't care. The parity in the league is is horrible. So my thing with Derek Carr, what he says, well, well, you know, everybody, every, you know, we can't play to those standards because most of these teams are bad. There's only a, there's only, there's only maybe six or seven teams that's really high level teams right now, and we're right. one of them. But our record don't show it. I mean, as good as uh, Minnesota is. They're not, they're not as good as they record. Just right. Like we're not as bad as our record. So the the parity, I don't, it, it doesn't matter in the parity. What matters is what you do, like like uh, Bill Parcell says, your record is what you are. Yeah, right. the league has been down a little bit, but we should be talking about our team. We The only reason why we need help is because we did so we do bad. My thing is you need to you, – you shouldn't have to depend on other teams – to, to get you in the playoffs because what's going to happen is sooner or later, like this year, we, we got to depend on a whole bunch of teams to lose and do this and do that. When you have to depend on other people to do stuff for you, it usually don't work out. Last year it worked out, but this year, I don't know if that's going to that's gonna happen. But the parity the parody is horrible in the NFL this year. That, thank you for the call. Yeah, that, that was the reason I brought it up is because the fact that the more of the league is similar to each other, and so I was saying – it shouldn't be hard for the Raiders to get out of that. That was that, that was actually encouraging is that, you know what, as bad as the Raiders have been this year, look at the rest of the league. They're all right there with them. That was the whole point. I, I agree with you 100%. They should be way better than, than their record is, but they're not. They're 6-8. and eight. But look at all the teams around the league that are, like I said, 500 or below. So to me, I think that that's encouraging that you're really not that far away from being a 
ten and three team like like Minnesota is, right? Regardless, I don't think Minnesota's a great team, but I'll tell you what, I'd be happy if the Raiders had their record right now. <laughs> right? I mean that's 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 what I, that's my point. You're absolutely right. And and that's why I think that the team really isn't as far away. Like if you kind of look at it and go, oh hey, this team is six and eight, you'd be like, oh man, they suck. But instead, you're like, well, their record ain't good, but neither is the rest of the league. Like, literally, it's week 16 almost. It is week 16 starting today, and technically they're still in the hunt, even with a 6-8 and eight record. Like, that, that's my point. And it, and it really has nothing to do with this season. It has to do with the fact that a couple pieces more, and that team can find their way out of it. Look at Detroit. Did anyone think Detroit was going to be where they're at right now? I didn't. I'll be the first to tell you I didn't think Detroit was going to be as good as they are. And I still don't think that they're very good, but they've got, they got more wins than the Raiders do. So a couple pieces here and there, and the team could all of a sudden be a lot better, in my opinion, as far as I'm concerned. That, that's the whole reason why I brought up the parody, and that's why Derek Carr was talking about the parody as well, because it's, I, I think it's encouraging to know that you're really not as far off as it might look like based off your record. 3.56 is the time. When we come back, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He'll kick off hour number three. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.